like the script was stalling because this homosexual thing was not selling or whatever. Uh So she wrote this version where Louis was a girl. Oh, okay. And her top choices Uh were uh, Cher (laughs) and Angelica Houston. (laughs) I had a terrible joke in my head where I was like, the movie just got so much gayer. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to make it less gay. In fact, it made it a million times more gay. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store, in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as As the the final final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Marion. I'm Julia. This is episode number 59, in which we are going to be discussing Interview with a Vampire from 1994. Interview with the, the vampire. vampire. Not a vampire. Yes. I've been saying a vampire forever. I've been saying it wrong my entire yeah, life. It's um, the vampire. The vampire. Subtitle. The Vampire Chronicles. Which no one ever remembers. So. No, no. Because it didn't, I mean, was it set up to be sequels? Like there'll be more. It probably should have been just because there was a, it made well, it all the money, but yeah, like maybe not. They, the ending is setting up for sequels. But we'll get to that ending. Anyway. But before we get to the ending, let's get to the beginning. And this episode is titled. What if all I have is my suffering? Poor Louis. It's just so much angst. I feel like that that encapsulates the movie in one <laughs> sentence. It's one half of this movie. I feel like half of this movie is Louis being like, oh my God, I'm a vampire. What do I do? And yeah. the other one is Lestat being like, woohoo, <laughs> vampire. I love it. Best thing ever. What is your problem, Louis? Uh, the tagline for this film is drink from me and live forever. I also like how it's drink from me, live forever. And it's Tom Cruise's face. Yeah. So it's like specifically drink me. from Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise Vampire. Oh, yeah. And then it'll all be great. I would be happy to. <laughs> uh, so this movie was made for $60 million. That's a lot of change. And it made $223 million. There you go. Um, I, this, I think, may be the first movie that I paid someone to buy tickets for me because <laughs> they wouldn't let me in since it was rated R. Um, and I think I might have seen this movie. I think this is my first repeat movie. Oh, I wow. think I saw this three times in the theater Okay, when it came out. Yeah. And it was definitely, I don't know if I was fully ready for it, but I was super into it. Yeah. I was super into it yeah. as well. Um, I saw it multiple times as well. I had okay. the poster on my wall and like mm-hmm. my friends were all like yeah. wearing the shirts and yeah. like super... I didn't even know who Anne Rice was. So like the whole thing was just a shockerama for me. So, <laughs> so, you know, but I was, yeah, super, super into it. But yeah, it, you could see this movie feels very opulent and pricey. And so, yeah. Op- Opulent's a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, so Anne Rice wrote the novel Interview with a Vampire in but 1976. That's what I was going to say, in like the 70s. So it took like forever for this movie to get made. Fun note. Okay. My mother, uh-huh. upon reading Interview with a Vampire, wrote Anne Rice asking her for the film rights. My mother's not a filmmaker in well any done. way, but well she was done. just like, I want to make this fucking movie. That's amazing. And Anne Rice wrote her back. Really? Yeah. And was Same. like saying, sorry, you know, somebody else already bought it, but thank you for your interest. That's amazing. Yeah. Like in the 70s, she wrote her that Yeah, yeah. Letter? Like That's right amazing. after it came out, she was like, she read it. She was like, I'm writing her a fucking letter. Well like, done. I got I to gotta make this movie. You got to put it out there. That's why my mom's amazing. <laughs> uh, so she wrote it with uh, Rutger Hauer in mind as Lestat. But okay. By the time so Lestat always had this idea of sort of being this like blonde, blue-eyed, like that's how he's described in the book. Yeah. Okay, so kind of, it. you know, beautiful Aryan. Sure. Vampire guy. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that vampire sentence guy. didn't uh-huh. end well. Uh, 
So okay. I love my alternate universe casting. Yes. So get ready to have your mind blown with some of these choices. Okay. Um, and try to try to picture them, if you will, okay. in the Lestat getup. <laughs> uh, so we'll start easy. Okay. As Lestat mm-hmm. uh, could have been Johnny Depp. Okay. Quite easily. Sure. Jeremy Irons. Okay. A little a little bit older. But you know. Okay. And then he appara- looks kind of vampire. And then though. apparently. Anne Rice went to go see Philadelphia and was so amazed by Tom Hanks' no, no, performance. She, no, she wasn't. She personally went to him and asked him to be Lestat. That's amazing. And he said no to be in Forrest Gump. Also even more amazing. So now your mind's blown, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I can't picture him being like sexy. Not, well, here's the thing. It's And obviously, like at the time, I had no idea what this was even going on. But, you know, obviously Anne Rice was not pleased when she heard Tom Cruise was going to be yes. Lestat. Uh-huh. So I feel like in the spirit of preconceived notions that we have about actors and their abilities that's true and then later she wrote after she saw the film wrote him this massive apology that was like i'm totally sorry like i had this idea of like who you are and what you project and i will say that for me there's you know there's like certain actors and they kind of like you like sort of certain incarnations of certain actors i really like villainous tom cruise a lot it's like villainous tom cruise and like nice guy gary oldman are like my favorites (laughs) like and it's not what they do at all or it's like funny denzel washington Uh like the couple times denzel washington's been funny in something it's a joy it's a joy to behold so i really like when tom cruise plays someone bad i really love when gary oldman plays like a good guy it's just like that turnabout casting that i think works really really well so i will say in my head, you know, Tom Hanks is like a nice guy, right. is, uh, you know, very, you know, easygoing. But, so the, I'm I'm open to it. I'm okay. open to it. You know, okay. I feel like if there's a world where Tom Cruise knocks this thing out of the park, and I think he does, I feel like, you know, I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Okay. I think that's very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then also uh, for Claudia, okay. we could have had, mm-hmm. uh, this is 1994, keep in mind. Got it. Uh, Natalie Portman. Sure. Christina, Christina Ricci. Uh-huh. Dominique Swain. 100%. Julia Stiles. Okay. Or Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, yeah. That's really... I mean, it's all kind of the same person, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's all like... <laughs> Ouch! It's all, but I mean, it's all sort of this like, you know, uh, kind of uh, prepubescent kind of uh, sort of... They already have kind of a dark thing going for them. Pretty young thing, right? Okay. Um, I guess they all... Yeah, all those all those actresses kind of have like a darker... All, like, exactly. All have like the capability of doing it, yeah. you know, um, easily. But I also think Kristen Dunst does a really great job as well. Um, I, I'm kind of intrigued by, I'm a big Evan Rachel Wood fan, so I'm kind mm-hmm. of intrigued by if it had been her and how her career would have been different. I mean, she has an yeah. amazing career now, so yeah, yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. no no harm yeah. done. But she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. Yeah. Uh, but it would be interesting. It would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, okay, so this is a weird, we're going to get to this movie eventually, guys, but there's so, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> I can't even, I'm so excited. Uh, so Anne Rice, apparently there was like things going on because there's like the homosexual element to this film that made people uncomfortable. So she, but is that in the books? Yes. Okay, so it's a big deal in the book. Big deal in the books. Okay, got it. And it's just sort of kind of slightly glazed over in the movie a bit. Uh, the my, actors are doing dismay. the actors are doing their damnedest. I mean, I think a lot of it. It's like in the screenplay, it's not there, and I feel. Like, I mean, in, it's not there in the sense that like they're not actually sleeping with each other that we see, uh, um, or having like. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so robbed. I'm so they're such beautiful men, and I'm like, they come really on, yeah, you're, you're denying me. <laughs> but I feel like the actors definitely are playing. Really Real fast and loose with it, of you course. know what I mean. They're as far as proximity, can I mean, they really tried, you know. But um, uh, so okay, so there was a show. Anne Rice was nervous because people were not like the script was stalling because this homosexual thing was not selling or whatever. Uh-huh. So she wrote this version yeah. where Louis was a girl. Oh, okay. And her top choices uh-huh. were uh, Cher, 
<laughs> and Angelica Houston. <laughs> just, I had a terrible joke in my head where I was like, the movie just got so much gayer. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, instantly, You're trying to make it less gay. In fact, it made, made it a million times more gay. Um, I would watch that too. That's really interesting. Yeah, but then it becomes the appeal is totally different. Because yeah, I think for myself as like, you know, young teenage girl, I was like, oh, oh, hello. You know, no offense, Cher, but it's just not the same. Yeah. You know, just not the same. Um, that's interesting. I wonder too if her screenplay was more faithful to her own book in terms of like how they like showing that side of the relationship. Right. And, and then at like some point toned down. Yeah. Version. So like at some point in the early nineties, she was like, all right, all right, all right, fine, fine. Like they just, there's just longing looks. Okay. <laughs> and a couple of face touches. Are we good? Can we make the movie now? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but you robbed <clears throat> the teenage girls, man. I know. But otherwise we would have been robbed of probably not having this thing at all. At all, okay. altogether. So, you know, there you go. And then obviously the biggest what if casting is River Phoenix, of course. Um, who was supposed to be the interviewer um, instead of Christian Slater and passed away just weeks before the movie was start was going to begin. So And Christian Slater stepped in and donated all of his uh, pay to River Phoenix's favorite charities. Like a man. Well done. Christian Slater. Well done, Mr. Win. Slater. Um, so this movie opens. Yes. Soaring shots over San Francisco. Long shots. Long, long shots. Um, fantastic score mm -hmm. already with like the creepy music. And I feel like at that point myself was like, okay, I'm already in. Um, and we kind of glide up to this room where we see a man whose back is towards us and a man who's facing us. And they do this a lot in this movie. Where, like every time you're introduced to a vampire, you see them from behind. Oh, and I really like that a lot. They, I didn't even notice. They did the same thing when we first see uh, Lestat, where you see him from the back watching Louis. And it oh. isn't until he first attacks that you actually see his face. So they really take the time with like before they turn. So there's it kind of keeps the the mystery and the, like how they're different than us, I think. And it's also interesting you have characters watching characters. Definitely. Well, and obviously that's like a huge part, at least in this film of like how the whole vampire dynamic plays out like they are because they're predators yeah. they are constantly stalking and watching their prey yeah. like you know lions like in the brush just like watching and so they have that element too where I feel like right away even though he's not looking at Christian Slater when they start talking the beginning part of their conversation is about how he was watching him the entire time he right. watched him come up he like thought about maybe killing him maybe not we'll see how the night goes like just kind of very casual about what they what they are and right away uh, Christian Slater says, what do you do? And Brad Pitt says, I'm a vampire. He's like, okay. And the beginning of his like, well, let me tell you my story. And I love the skepticism that Christian Slater has. Like, all right, like I'm used to dealing with crazies and tell, listening to but, crazy people tell stories. But is, but is Christian Slater's character just like a guy who watches people and like finds interesting people and has them? Is it like a sex lies and videotape kind of thing where like he a just... A bit. Or like... like or I feel like he's like one of those guys at like NPR that just like records uh, crazy okay. shit and every, you know, gets a gem, puts it together, sells it, you know, to NPR for this amazing story. I kind of feel like he's like that guy where okay. he's just like the weird collector of stories. Brad Pitt it looks in incredible. And so you're like, I mean, if, if it's a lie or if it's true, either way, it's going to be amazing. That's true. So, you know, there's I feel like there's no losing for him on this. Um, so then they start flashing back to 1791 just outside of New Orleans and uh, Brad Pitt plays Louie and he starts telling his story of basically how he came to be a vampire. Um, he was 24 years old mm -hmm. and he had just lost his wife and child. Pretty sad bastard. Pretty sad. So yeah. he starts out sad. 
gets so much sadder. And then, yeah, just sads out. <laughs> sads there, there's, out. There, there's really like, there's no stopping the sadness in the No, movie. I feel like he cracks a smile like once in this whole thing because this is, he is not having a good time. For as beautiful as he is, he is yeah. not having a good time. No. Um, so yeah, he's basically, he's miserable and he says that he's just basically inviting death. Like he wanted to like lose all his money. He wanted to lose his land. He's the owner of a plantation and he's got kind of everything going for him, but it's just, it's awful. And so he's sort of like gambling and someone's going to threaten to shoot him for cheating. He's like, fucking do it. He's like, opens his shirt and he's like, come on. Yeah. But with like his dead eyes where it's like, whatever. And so we see a blonde figure from behind sort of observing him. And then he goes off with a prostitute uh, who is immediately attacked as is her pimp. And then Tom Cruise and all his blonde wigged glory emerges out of the shadows and bites him. But they are, they start, they kind of almost immediately this idea of, you know, they're not doing vampires and any kind of, you know, what they're like in the modern world or what, you know, kind of realistically doing it. Like we're, we're in the world of powers immediately because he bites him and then they like float up in the sky together and there's like a magical music cue that accompanies it. And it's just like magnificent you know and then he asks if he had enough if he's had enough and he says yes and then he tosses him back into the so water he thought he want death but actually he doesn't Do you? he doesn't actually want yeah. death um at the last moment changes his mind exactly um but then Lestat comes back around later on and uh and like basically says like gives him the offer like you know I can make all your pain go away everything can be amazing like what do you know are you in and I feel like Louis sort of like well, yeah, I guess. So, and then, like, the minute he, like, says, well, maybe I'll, like, kind of slightly affirms, yeah. like, Lestat's just on him. Um, and he doesn't want to have that long, drawn-out conversation. Yeah. And he's just like, let's just get over there with it. But like, I just think it's, like, that thing where someone's like, well, yeah, I get what. And like, he's just, like, immediately <laughs> attacked. Um, and, uh, yeah. And he uh, has him. So he bites him. In this world, you bite somebody. They have to bite you back, mm-hmm. and that's how you turn. Right. Um, which and is, then your body has to die, which apparently is horrifically painful. Right. And Lisette says very, very flippantly, eh, your body's dying. Pay no attention. Pay no attention. It happens to us um, all. And he has the sort of famous line of, I'm going to give you the choice that I never had. Right. Um, which I think is a big insight to the whole Lestat character in a lot of ways. Uh and he does, and he turns into a vampire before us, which is basically like your skin gets real pasty, your eyes change color to sort of a bright green or a bright blue, uh-huh. depending on what frame of this movie we're in. <laughs> and um, and uh, and then he starts kind of describing to Christian Slater how the world looks different to him mm-hmm. afterwards. Like he looks at everything through his vampire eyes, and you have that cool shot of like the statue's eyes come alive. Yeah. And I love that shot. Um, and just everything is kind of brighter and just... I don't know, kind of, I don't even know how you'd really describe it, but he just says it just doesn't, it's not like being human, just now you're immortal and right. you crave blood. It's like everything is different. Sure, you're You physically now. look different. The world looks different. But he asks about the vampire tropes uh, and they say mm-hmm. crucifix is fine. Right. Garlic's fine. Right. Heart and the, steak in the heart's nonsense. Bullshit. So it's all this kind of. Right. So but feeding the, is for real. Feeding is for real. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because when people, because people ask me about horror movies a lot uh-huh. now. Uh, and, the, you know, they ask me about vampire stuff and they're like, what are, what are the rules? And I'm like, it's different in every movie. Super different. Which w- world are you living in? Yeah. So like this, you know, this one is like, ah, garlic's fine. Yeah. Crucifix's fine. Well, I think we'll get into that later when we, when sort of things start happening to Lestat. Because there were parts in that, this movie too, where I was like, 
they're very clear on sort of what doesn't work, but n- less clear, I think, on what does work. Not that it matters, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like when vampires are trying to kill other vampires, as what happens later in this movie, it's a little bit like, d- would that work? Is mm-hmm. that? Because yeah. that seems to be True. like new rules. Like we're just kind of, and so, those rules are never sort of spelled out to Louis, I no, don't think. No, they're not. Um, um, Lestat's not a very good teacher. I mean, he is, no. if you want to be in like crazy hedonistic Lestat world, which I would be into immediately but but he's into teaching in the sense where he's like well this is how i do it so this is how we're doing it rather than like the this is what you can do this is what you can't make your own choices like he's not into louis making his own choices he just wants louis to basically be him and just do everything the way that he does it Mm -hmm. because he sort of texts him like okay well you know you do have to feed and this is basically how i hunt and so you know they go to they go to like the first tavern and and it's sort of and what's interesting is sort of lestat I don't know exactly how old Lestat is, but he is he obviously 200 years, 200 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has lo- long since lost his humanity so long ago that part of the fun for him is the stalking and toying with his prey sure. being human beings before he kills him and kills them. And so the first time they go to like this tavern and he's sort of like really into like the seducing of women or the seducing of boys or the seducing of anybody really. Um, and that's like a big part of it. And so he like, you know, he's got his crazy thimble. With I love the, it. That the thing ring with like the claw that you can just like easily pop someone's vein open. Yeah. I'm just I like, love wow, that's, that's convenient yeah. and fashionable. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and yes, there's a lot of toying where like he's, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bite her here and then I'll drain her just to the point and then I'm going to bite her here and drain right. her just to the point. And, you know, it gives Louis a wrist to bite and Louis's like, I, you know, he starts feeding because he feels the need, but he's like, I don't want to take her life. Right. And he's like, eh, too late. She's dead. Like I already killed her. Um, but they do say you have to stop before the heart stops. Yes. Otherwise you're in trouble. It's no good. Right. Right. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the thing about it is like they make this so sexual and yet you don't get the sexual element. And I'm like, that's part of this that we're missing. Right. Like, mm-hmm. of course, he's like, he's seducing them to drink their blood, but he's also having sex with these women yes. for sure. Sure. And we're just not seeing that. And I'm Correct. like, but, but that's part of it, man. That's yeah. like, if you're going to make vampire sexy, go 100%. And right. she does. Uh-huh. But they're like, eh, yeah. the world's little, not ready for that. A little hedging their bet. But I feel like the movie's trying everything it can. Like, if it can't do that, it's doing everything it can, like, yeah. right up into that point. Like, the scenes of people being sort of toyed with before they're killed are hypersexual in this film, yeah. you know, in a very period way, which sure. also kind of makes it more sexy. And also too, just the idea that, you know, Stat really is kind of like a psychopath. Like uh-huh. that he they remember they go to that party and he talks about how he really likes to kill aristocrats and he likes to kill her two or three a night in a certain order and what did they say he says like uh evildoers are easier and they taste better so like the idea of sort of you know it's all very specific to him right. and he and enjoys he can, it and he can read minds right so that's part of it that's his dark gift which yeah yeah but they don't they don't get into too again, much no it's again very but again i don't know if that's just because again the stats not really interested in that yeah. or later when we meet armand super interested in it and like right. let's break it down but like lestat is like well i can read minds you no you can't all right anyway like that's for everyone then <laughs> so like we're not talking about, we're not talking about me yeah. okay that's moving it. on <laughs> um so they go to this party and again they kind of you know lestat gets a handsome young thing and uh uh, Louis gets this older woman and they're obviously, you know, what they're each supposed to do and Lestat dispatches his guy, no problem. But Louis kills the woman's dogs first and then she's screaming and freaking out and then Lestat comes over and like quickly breaks her neck and it's like, what are you doing? Like you're eating and then they start fighting and this whole thing, which, and I love too, the thing is part of the joy of Tom Cruise in this movie for me is he definitely will get angry and get crazy, but I like that it's never really when Louis gets mad. Mm-hmm. When Louis gets really mad or upset because he's mad or upset about something that doesn't bother Lestat at all, it's 
hilarious to yeah, him. Yeah, I love you. So when they laughs. have, yeah, so they have that big fight where they're like slamming each other into trees, you know. And Tom Cruise is just having a ball. Like he just thinks it's so funny. He's just like, "You're so mad," <laughs> and it's so dumb. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing to be mad about, which kind of diffuses it. But again, it's like a great contrast to these two people because you feel like. In another film, it would just be like sexy guy vampires doing right. sexy guy things. And there's they're they're really trying to do this like morality tale within it about like what does it mean and what your what your responsibility is and you know what you can turn this into. And it's something that Louis cares about deeply. And Lestat is just like not, it's so funny. Not him. even interesting. No, not at all. So um the slaves on Louis' plantation are beginning to oh, wonder yeah. about the master and yeah. his new friend. And all the chickens that keep getting murdered every single night. Yeah. And how they sit eating nothing. Mm-hmm. They eat out of they have empty plates and glasses and eat right. nothing. Um mm-hmm. so they end up uh killing Tandy Newton. Yeah. Uh, for funds yeah like he can't he can't hold back anymore yeah. and she's so beautiful and he's mm-hmm. got to do it and then comes out to a huge bonfire where the <laughs> slaves are having a voodoo simmer ceremony right and are going to possibly kill louis uh but at least try they could try mm-hmm. uh but lestat gets uh gets the best of them and, right. and jumps over their bonfire on a horse yes <laughs> which is impressive pretty baller uh and then they burn the house down they do burn the house down yeah louis gets, With, like louis burns the house down brad pitt gets to burn the set down. Yeah, that would really feel does. so good. I think it'd be, yeah. I think it's like 2% frightening, 98% deeply satisfying. Yeah. You'd go um, home at the end of the day, you'd be like, yeah. Burn this thing to the ground. <laughs> um, so, but Lestat, and so he's uh, willing, I think, just to like sit there um, and uh, uh, burn with it. But then Lestat comes in and saves him and is like, all right, we're going to travel together. Like, this is ridiculous. You can't stay here. Um, so they go off to New Orleans, I think, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, they have <clears throat> Lestat is increasingly always trying to make Louis see things from his point of view. So they have this whole elaborate sequence where there's like these two women and, you know, one of them thinks she's being seduced by him, but really she's just being like drained and they kind of drain her from the front. Mm -hmm. So she has that horrible moment where she looks down and she sees blood everywhere and starts freaking out. She's a great, great freak out. Great Shout out out to all the whores in this movie who do an excellent (laughs) job. Freak out like nobody's business Um, and he like puts her in a coffin takes her out of the coffin and he really wants louis to finish it like to end her to kill her and like he won't do it she's like begging him not to yeah like like, please save me please and like sort of brings religion back into it and just like all this stuff that just would you know tug at brad pitt's heartstrings and then he won't do it and lestat's just like um so Louis, sort of wandering around, comes across a plague-infested area, O-Town. And they're like, Stay, don't go in there, sir. And he's like, ha, whatever. <sighs> Hilarious vampire. Um, and uh, comes across a little girl named Claudia, who's uh, clinging on to her super dead mother. Um, and he, she hugs him, and he can't help himself, and he bites her. Um, and t- I love how Tom Cruise again comes in and he bites her and then has that moment of like, oh my God, I 100% just like bit an 11 year old. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise comes in and sees what Louis done. And again, so much joy, hilarious. Like he starts dancing with like the dead woman's corpse. Like he's so happy that he's so done delighted. It. He's just like, ah, oh, all your morality. All your, you just ate a kid. Like amazing. I um, love he says the only thing the only, I can always find you by following the corpses of rats. The corpses of rats. Yep. Mm hmm. Um, But then Lestat gets an idea. Yeah. He thinks, hey, if we bite this kid, Mm -hmm. then he can't leave. Yeah. If we turn her. Because it looks like Louis is going to leave. But now I can make him him stay. Yeah. 
Um, so, and then, you know, Louis is like, you know, we can't do this. I don't think we should turn her blah, blah. And Lestat just does it. Yep. And a hundred percent turns her from like this little ragamuffin kid to like this gorgeous little thing with like beautiful curls and porcelain skin. I love, I love her vampire transformation. Like her, yeah. you can see like the curls happen yeah. as she's turning into it's a vampire. It's a great effect. Yeah. yeah. And the, the effects are awesome in this movie. Well, Stan Winston. Yeah. No, they're really, they're really, really good. Uh, apparently <laughs> the, uh, the vampire makeup was horrible. It's because what they, this is, this is what, uh, so they apparently they were, this is what I've heard. Okay. Hung them upside down. Uh-huh. So all the blood would rush to their face. So their veins would stick out so they could actually trace their actual oh. veins on their face. Huh. So it would be realistic. That's but then elaborate. that means that they also had to hang upside down. Yeah. A lot. Splitting headache. Apparently Brad Pitt was not happy making this movie. Oh, really? He <laughs> was trying to get out of this movie. That's really funny. And I can't say it's super shocking. I mean, he's but it kind of works for his character. It totally does. That's the thing. As I will say, this is you know, I'm I'm much more of a fan of comedic Brad Pitt than I am yeah. serious Brad Pitt. Um, this is pretty de- decent serious Brad Pitt, especially like this early in the game, right? Um, because I feel like Louis' struggle with this whole thing is very real for him, mm-hmm. and Claudia does bind him to Lestat like yeah. Lestat's right it works like he has a daughter and someone to take care of and like I love how they always have all this money and I know that they're getting it from murdering people but yeah. like you, they never really like show you um but I love how the movie sort of kind of takes a very a bit of a switch where it gets a lot less serious and has a lot more black comedy fun with Claudia being a very fierce killer yeah like she's a like they, you know, Lestat says she's basically as good as Lestat. Like she'll take out whole families. She'll like use the fact that she's a little girl to like, you know, lull people to a false sense of security. And then it's like murder. Yeah. Immediately murder. And she's fine with it. Like she doesn't have any of the moral qualms about it that Louis does. Sure. Because she's a kid and a kid would be a fantastic murderer because a kid doesn't really, you know, if you have someone teaching you, okay, this is what you do and this is how you do it, then you just do that thing. And you know, yeah, you don't true. even think about it. Well, unless I guess if you were like that really sensitive kid oh, that yeah. like if nervous people, kid, nervous kid, <laughs> nervous kid became a vampire, terrible vampire, no nervous kid. You could never be a vampire, you know, like crying every time he kills a spider, like no nervous kid. You're dead in two seconds. You but know, Kirsten Dunst is so amazing <laughs> in this great. film. And like you put her up against two incredible actors and she just holds her own. Totally. Like, she'll like scream in their faces. Yeah. She's got no problem with it. I, I love the part that we get to where, um, time goes by and like 30 years has gone by and Claudia is aging in her head but not in her body and she really wants to be a woman and she's starting to like look at women in a different way not just as like prey but like look at her body like look at her like I want that like when's that gonna happen and they're like yeah not the thing is not gonna never happen. it's one thing to be like 24 forever it's another thing to be 11 forever yeah you know especially as a little girl you're like mm, uh that's it's pretty tough um so I love that she has that monster freak out yeah um when she realizes when she tries to like cut all her hair off and it grows back and she realized that she, there's nothing she can do to change her appearance and she was like who did it which one of you did this to me because she doesn't really know how she came to be a vampire like she doesn't remember her changing um and I, it's I, awesome i love it that's yeah. uh, one of my favorite scenes in the film just yeah. to watch her go bananas totally crazy and so this like turns her into like hate for lestat because yeah. lestat did it and it's his fault so she decides she's gonna murder lestat yeah she basically decides that, like she and louis can do it on their own like they yeah. don't need him anymore um which is weird because lestat's kind of been like the main father figure but i guess she also feel like she he ruined her life even though he saved her life Kind of. Well, but that's the thing. It's like, I don't feel like Louis feels like Lestat saved his life. I feel like, I think part of Louis' guilt about this whole vampire thing is that he did make the choice. Lestat gave him the choice, but he did it. He gave him a, uh, 
and that was good enough. <laughs> right. Whereas like nobody ever asked Claudia. Yeah. Like they just did it to her. And that's partially Louis' fault too, but it's a hundred percent Lestat's fault. Um, like, yeah, she would have been dead. But um, but I what was interesting about that scene too is like there's that bit where she slashes the side of his face mm-hmm. and it instantly heals. Mm-hmm. But later, when she wreaks her unholy revenge oh. on him, she slits his throat right. and it bleeds and bleeds and bleeds and bleeds. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Is it because, because like part of her uh, revenge is that she presents him with these two twin boys as like, oh, here's, you know, dessert for you. And yeah, like, oh, I, love, you I love it so much. She says, I brought you a present. And he says, uh, is it a beautiful woman? I hope it's a beautiful woman with endowments you'll never possess. And that's precisely why Lestat's going to be murdered. Yeah. Because it's like, you're a dick. Like, uh, So she 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 drugs some boys with laudanum mm-hmm. uh, to keep the blood warm, right. which is an opium uh, tincture. Right. Uh, so then... Fools him into drinking it, but they're already dead, and so right. he starts to die. So wouldn't he yeah. die? So that's the anyway? thing. Well, so is it like the throat? The it, he didn't self heal because he had already drank dead blood, and so like yes. the process of like is no good already like weakens your vampire. I think so. Okay, whatever. Okay, that's good. Okay, because um, I was a little bit confused by that because she slits his throat. And it's pretty gross. It's like gnarly. Everything, just all the blood comes out, and like Louis has to pick her up and like put her on a stool because there's, there's so much blood. blood. Yeah. Um. So then they uh, dump his ass in the swamp. Where he uh, gets chomped on by a gator. Right. And they're like, "Cool. So we're gonna pack everything and go to the new world, right? Is yeah. that that sounds good?" Um. And uh, they start to do it. Um. But then the stat returns. Um. And uh, it like the it's. It's crazy. Like he, there's a. It's great where he gets in and he's playing the piano with like billowy curtains, uh-huh. and he's really scary. Like he looks terrible, and uh, and he tells Claudia that she's been a very, very naughty girl. And I love Claudia's like, <gasps> um, yeah. but then Louis throws a lamp on him, and the whole thing catches on fire. And there's great, you know, I feel like you and I are always so impressed with like fire stunts. And yeah, <laughs> there's like the stunt man who's Lestat on fire is like climbing the ceiling, right. like climbing the. So, the walls and the so this is on the, fire. the question I have. Uh-huh. Are the, is he in a rotating room? Is he on fire in a rotating room? Is that what that is? Because it looks like because he. But then the fire would move. Hmm. You know what I mean with him? Because even if he was faking it, like if the room was going, the fire would move. Interesting. So I think it's like a wire thing, like some sort of metal wire harness thing. I mean, it's very quick, but it's definitely just like that guy is all over the place and 100% on fire. I I mean, so many great fire stuntmen. Thank you so much for all of the joy (laughs) you've given us. It's just like mouth open. Um, So they make a break for the boat uh, and they're basically like circling the world, like looking for it, uh, looking for uh, circling Europe and they go to like Egypt and Greece and like all these places and Louis really wants to find other vampires like he wants answers he wants to know what the deal is Um, because Lestat says he was uh, made in Paris but he doesn't really talk about the one who made him Mm -hmm. and the one who made him never told him anything and all this kind of stuff Um, so it's now September of 1870 um, and this is the only time in the movie where I feel like Louis has a good time like he and Claudia are like buying clothes and there's dances and it's just like movie opulence Mm -hmm. um but they finally meet and they never saw another vampire during all this time. But they finally he's walking down the street one day uh, and uh, he comes across Stephen Ray, um, who is a sort of whimsical clown vampire. Pantomime. Pantomime vampire. He's doing like a Marx Brothers bit uh-huh. with him. He's not silly, though. <clears throat> it's kind of graceful. Yeah, but it's a little goofy yeah you know it's just that his his version of being i feel like i sort of enjoyed it because i feel like everyone's oh, I love it. version of a vampire is 
there's still like this overriding darkness. And it's not that he doesn't have that, but he just, it has the sense where he doesn't take the pathology of being a vampire super seriously. Like, it's just like, it's fun. And I can walk on the side of the wall, sort of like Fred Astaire style and dance on the ceiling and open my hat. And, um, and, and then Armand. Yes, behind him is Armand. Played by Antonio Banderas. Um, in all that luxurious hair. He and Brad Pitt are having a hair off in this yeah, scene. Yeah, they are. Like, they are having, it's like, it, mine's more luxurious. No, mine. Um, Armand is, uh, runs a theater of vampires. So they do sort of this like late night underground <laughs> um, performance art, I uh -huh. guess, um, uh, in Paris. Uh, and I feel like Claudia and Louis are like, oh, vampires. What is it? It's yeah. vampires playing humans pretending to be vampires. Yes. Um, so they actually kill a girl on stage. Yeah. But the audience thinks it's a performance. Right. But they're actually just straight up killing Correct. someone on stage. Yeah. And again, like, you know, disrobing her, torturing her, making her panic. She's all naked and beautiful. Yeah. And Louis thinks it's monstrous. Like, this is Claudia's like, kind of so into it. <laughs> Claudia's <laughs> like, nah. but also, how do I get boobs? Like, yeah. how do I make that happen for me? Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, they re like they realize that even though he has a conversation with Armand, and Armand says he's the oldest living vampire, mm -hmm. as far as he knows, he's been alive for like 400 years or but, something. But knows nothing of God or the devil. Yes. So he doesn't have like kind of sort of uh, philosophical question, like answers, you know, about heaven or hell or how the whole thing works, um, which I feel like Louis finds really disappointing because it's like yeah. the oldest living vampire doesn't know. Yeah. I got nothing. But Armand becomes kind of obsessed with Louis and the fact that he's so different because the rest of the vampires he hangs out with are like they heartless kind of super heartless and super and so the idea of having somebody who feels so much guilt and remorse and suffering for being what they are he finds fascinating unfortunately he knows that Lestat's the one who made him and Stephen Ray uh they can read minds and real knows that Claudia and Louis killed Lestat and mm -hmm. he, Stephen Ray says the only crime they have for a vampire is you can never kill your own um so they're in trouble yeah. a little bit, and it does not end well for them. No. So Claudia uh, is put out by Louis finding Armand. She can tell they have a connection. Yeah. Uh, and so she wants to find her own companion. Yeah. She feels very lonely. So she finds a lady who makes dolls and mm -hmm. makes Louis bite her. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it'll be like my mom. Yeah. Now we have a now I have a buddy. <sighs> Mm -hmm. But then uh, it sucks. They come for them. When the night you turn into a vampire <laughs> is all the night you die <laughs> as a vampire. Yeah, in a really bad way. Yeah, they come for them and kicking and screaming, bring yeah. them into the theater where they uh, put Louis in a box yeah. for eternity. And wall him up. Wall him up. Mm -hmm. Good Brad Pitt screaming. Definitely free. It's a quality freak out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then put uh, Claudia and her pal in a little in a little tower. And you're yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's, a, it's like a well. Yeah, but like, the top of it is exposed. It doesn't to... look so bad until yeah. sun comes up, and then yeah. it's a big old mess. Yeah. So basically, like they kind of you know press themselves further and further against the side of the wall, and eventually the sun non at noon comes right over them. Um, and they're basically burned alive. Yeah, into they're ashes. like Pompeii. They're kind totally of, Pompeii, yeah. Where they, like it's them in the form, but they're just ash. Yeah, and so Armand, uh, who by the way has heard all of this is happening and closes the door. Yeah, and, and I'm like... He Armand. does that, but then he goes to to rescue Brad Pitt. Totally, Why? because that's the thing. Because he, because he doesn't want to be seen to stop them from having their horrible revenge. But he knows that Louis won't be killed, so he won't stop the murders. It's ah. just uh, that's the thing. It's just like these like spineless vampires. I'm like, listen, guys, for all your omnipotence, you know, push comes to shove. 
You're just, just as whiny. Yeah, shut the door when terrible things happen. Um, so he takes Louis out of the box, and Louis has that slow walk to the door to where the well is, and he opens it, and he sees their ashes, and he uh, touches them, and they like blow in his face. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the moment where Louis like twang like just snap because he comes back out the door and he looks at Stephen Ray and he gives this sort of indifferent uh, bemused shrug mm-hmm. like shit happens yeah. you know and it's just like are you did kidding? I do that oh did I just murder your daughter <laughs> in a horrible way so sorry um so yeah Louis's revenge comes swift and fierce um and again this is where I'm like uh, is this how you can murder vampires because his plan is to burn it all to the ground right. burn them in their coffins when they come flying out of their coffins again on fire Props to all those guys who are on fire all the time for us. Uh, he scythes them. Yeah. Like and, just that just, and that just scythe, does it. Scythe. And that does it. Yeah. The, so, burning, the burning, I understand. Sure. That's a vampire thing. I like that they sleep in a crypt. Yeah, they do. Very, An amazing crypt, too. Very on point. But yeah, you can just scythe them. That seems... And that's it? Unlikely. I thought so, too. I mean, like, Stephen Ray's, like, cut in half. Yeah. So that seems a hard cut to come back from. I'm not quite sure how that would work. But, yeah, that seems like that's it. And the movie's like, yep, all right. So Armand, like, whisks Louis away and then has the pitch where he's like, you and me, man. Yeah. What do you think? You're beautiful, my friend. Yeah. This is the sexiest scene we get. This is the sexiest scene that we do get. And they they, they yank it away so cruelly. Yeah. But I love that Brad Pitt realizes that he's, Armand's, like, super into him. Yeah. And so he, when he super shuts him down, he does it in a very seductive way like you're not getting any of this yeah. like not a bit of it because um, Armand wants to you know once he's mm. like teach him the way to like really be a vampire to like really be all in yeah and not and to let go of all of the suffering and that's when he's like what if I have it all I have is my suffering right yeah. What if like that's the deal and like that's like and I to me like I sort of I mean it's sort of like there's no way forward unless you just kill yourself. But it's like I get Louis's point in the sense that like he just doesn't want to pretend and to pretend that none of this affects him or that none of this matters. Right. It's just like he's just not going to spend eternity pretending mm-hmm. like it clearly doesn't bother you guys. All right. But it super bothers me and I don't want to pretend that it doesn't. So but it seems pretty easy to kill yourself as a vampire yeah you just go in the sun or whatever or whatever yeah and he doesn't or just drink do someone to the point of death or like whatever you have to do like he yeah why why keep going don't know okay. i don't know i have to i mean i don't know after that point why he does up until that point like i get it um but i don't know maybe he still has like that glimmer of hope that somewhere there'll be a path where he can kind of be what he is and then also do it in a way that's not awful to him mm. um i don't know don't really have any good answers um uh, so we see we see uh we have a time jump movie yeah. montage time yeah. jump where he sees sunrise in the theater where he gets mm-hmm. to see his his sunrise yeah uh very much like bram stoker's dracula where uh-huh. gary Oldman gets to do that as well yeah and then we time jump sunrises through the ages where he comes out into tequila sunrise <laughs> yes in 1988 yeah. in his linen suit, suit. <laughs> Uh, looking more 90s Brad Pitt than Brad Pitt has ever looked. Um, oh, Brad Pitt. Um, but he uh, sees the old house and goes and inside. smells death. Smells death and uh, walks inside. And there is a like crinkly shell of a man, shell of a vampire, um, Lestat, in one of the rooms. And he's like scared by the helicopter because he thinks it's like real light and it's going to burn him. And he's like, no, no, it's artificial light. And it's just, you can tell like what that time has done. Like he's just been living off rats and then this horrible... <laughs> so like, it's, it seems to me, uh-huh. Lestat has been sitting in this exact same house... For a hundred years. For hundreds of years in this well, same shirt. Well, a hundred years. Shirt, yeah. uh-huh. Waiting. 
Yeah. Right? That's what yeah. we're supposed to believe. He's yeah. like, literally, like, Louis broke him. Yeah. And now I'm going to sit but here and to, wait for him to come back. But to me, it makes sense because the whole deal with Lestat, both for positive and negative, is that he will not change his deal. Like, he wants to do things the way that he wants to do them. And the world has moved on. Yeah. And he still wants to hunt aristocrats. And it's like, it's over, son. Like, yeah. it's over. So I like the idea that, you know, Louis is this one who's sort of the super sufferer and yet very adaptable to mm -hmm. kind of what time has done and whatever. And Lestat is the one who, like, it's, you know, it's fine. This is the deal. But he can never change the deal. So if circumstances change on him, he can't adapt like at all. And so he, if, if he can't be sort of like the beautiful version that he was when Louis met him, right. he can't do it. It's like that or troll. Like there is no <laughs> there, there is no in between. But Louis's not having it. And he's just like, sorry, pal, can't help you. Yeah. And, and leaves. Yeah. Um, and that's when our story catches up to the interviewer. Um, and he's like, yeah, so, you know, here I am. And being a vampire is terrible. And uh, we'll call it a night. And then Christian Slater's like, what are you talking about? Being a vampire is awesome. Like, please make me one. Like, I want to be on board. And Brad Pitt's like, are you kidding me? Have, Have you, you not listened to anything I told yeah, you? Yeah, and he gets super mad and, you know, throws him up against the ceiling and then runs away. And then Christian Slater takes all his stuff and, like, you know, all his tapes and, like, runs into his, like, sweet, sweet car. Mm -hmm. Um and starts driving across the Golden Gate Bridge playing the tape and be like, yeah, that really happened. And I'm, you know. Uh, I got it. I got, got this. It. This is the story of my life, man. Yeah. Uh, jump at him. Uh, um, from across the car, uh, Lestat jumps him um, and tells him that he's just going to give him the choice yeah. that he never had. Credit. See, but this is what I'm talking about. Vampire Chronicles. Where's the movie where Christian Slater and, and Lestat go on the run? 100%. I was waiting for, I'm waiting for We're that. We're still waiting for that I'm movie. I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, that's Make fine. that movie, please. Yeah, that would be amazing, yeah. And Tom Cruise still looks good enough to do it. Totally, yeah. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise could easily do it. They both yeah. look pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, they both could do it. Um, well, what's interesting, too, is that uh, I feel like if they did do it, it would be such a different movie, too, because I don't, obviously, Christian Slater's character would not have the moral problems that Louis did. Right. So what would that, like, what if Lestat got everything he wanted, and what if it still didn't work out, and there were still mm. problems? You know, he still had this, like, beautiful person that he was running around with, getting into vampire shenanigans sure well i mean Anne rice wrote a bunch of books about these characters uh we also have uh the queen of the damned with Stuart townsend as lestat which oh. i'm into okay i know he's kind of you know no, not is known. This a minority opinion well most of my opinions are minority opinions <laughs> let's be honest um let's do some gore factor shall okay. we uh one is not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two is a puddle of blood three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer Four is a bathtub of blood, and five is run for the barf bag. And we gave this a three and a half in gore, which is enough to go blood to go out the average viewer. This is so fucking gory. This I don't know Stan what's wrong Winston. with us. Also, like four is a bathtub of blood, and yeah. there is more than a bathtub of blood. There's so much blood in this yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we were thinking. I don't know what we were thinking either. I would give it at least a four and a half. Now. Agreed, one hundred percent, totally. Yeah, because I didn't necessarily really look away. I feel like fives are like when Marion can't handle it. Um, His throat being slit is gnarly. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. And like definitely Brad. Pitt like cut a guy in half uh -huh. that happens yeah. so um movie rating zero to five chainsaws one if you're desperate two barely qualifies as a horror film three seen worse seen better four not too shabby and five is fantastical. you and i both gave this four and a half yeah. right in between not too shabby and fantastical. yeah um it's a really enjoyable film and i will say like again villainous uh, villainous tom cruise rather enjoy it so much like morose brad pitt um super sexy antonio banderas who i enjoy says vampire while emphasizing the second syllable vampire well vampire because he says it's in a sexy way i know i just enjoy uh, it. i would give this movie a five if would you there was actual sex scenes in it oh for play okay i mean julia now would be like i feel robbed 
I feel yeah, that. Sure. But it's 1994. I understand. They were doing the best they I know, could. But yeah. that that would earn me a five. Fair enough. If we had like Antonio Banderas and Brad Pitt actually kissing instead of just looking like they're about to kiss. <sighs> yes. Uh, so next week, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to cruise on over to cruise? a little... T- cruise? Because Tom Cruise. Oh. Continue. No. Um, See, I wasn't even... <laughs> I was just being weird. Uh, we're going to watch The Blob. Yeah. 1988's Blob. 1988's Blob. Not the 50s Blob. The remake. Blob. Right. Which we are iffy about remakes. But it's Donovan. You love Donovan. And it's got Donovan. Ding. Her whole face just lit up, everyone. The whole thing just lit up. So if you want to listen to Julia light from within, join us next week. Donovan Leach is so beautiful. <laughs> she says, <laughs> on your deathbed, he's so beautiful. My last words. Carved on my gravestone. Good night. Tell your friends and have them follow us as well. We're on all the social medias. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Um, and just tell your friends to give us an and Facebook and give us a nice little review if you're on the iTunes or any of those platforms mm-hmm. that tell us how much you love us <laughs> bye guys we're into survival